I'm Carrie Walsh Jennings. Five Olympics, four medals. I've played with lots of injuries and sore muscles. KT Tape has helped me push past the pain. Today, clinical studies prove what I've always known, that using KT Tape before, during, and after workouts can reduce muscle soreness. Whether it's the Olympics or the local gym, pain is pain. Tape up with the number one kinesiology tape. Use it for muscle soreness and many common injuries. KT Tape. Train longer. Finish stronger. KT Tape works for me. It'll work for you. Our degrees are what Virginia employers are looking for. Get the in-demand skills you need to land your dream job. Visit OnlineVirginia.net to explore online degree options from our partner Virginia colleges and universities and find the right program for you. Boo. What's going on? 86 bucks and back in this thing, baby. Let me move this mic up here so you can hear me. I had a little time today. Just wanted to talk a little bit of boxing. Boxing this, boxing that. Unscripted, just off the top. I'll start with this. Errol Spence. You're calling out everyone except Terrence Crawford. Why won't you say his name? Why won't you step in the ring? Forget all this 60, 40, 70, 30, I want to fight Canelo talk. How about you step in with your claim as the best welterweight in the world and face the guy that many others see as the best welterweight in the world? You've been at 147 pounds longer. Crawford's had five fights there. You've had five, or your last five fights. Uh, hey, you could argue that you may have faced the better competition. He's had five fights there. Seemingly taking on whoever was available. You just got to do what you got to do. Step in the ring with the best. The money thing, I don't even like to get into. A lot of fans do these days, but in reality, they have no involvement. That's the thing that you all can work out. All I know is that there are a ton of subscribers to ESPN+. Plus. If it were to be a pay-per-view of some sort, Crawford has that backing of ESPN and its supporters, so I'm fairly positive it would generate a lot of buzz. The promotion will be great, and a lot of new fans or casual fans who typically don't order pay-per-view will join in, in, and they will actually take part in this event because that's what it would be. Let's take it back to the days of the Fab Four, Hagler, Hearns, Duran. Leonard, can we get something like that as far as the two best welterweights in the world facing each other? Hey, not too much to ask, right? Anthony Joshua and Tyson Fury, they are likely going to face off. It seems to be pretty close. You haven't heard any of this back and forth, this, oh, I need this amount. He needs that amount. It's all just being worked. They're close to a deal that goes to show that Cross-promotional lead deals can be done. Heck, even Deontay Wilder and Tyson Fury had fought, and it was cross-promotion. It was a PBC top-ranked deal, their promotion, so it can be done. So I don't know what the excuse is, and Crawford isn't fully absolved, but all I know is Errol Spence keeps moving the goalposts. Now, as far as Tyson Fury, Anthony Joshua, that should be a very good fight right there. Many people are picking Tyson Fury to win, and rightfully so. I think he's the best heavyweight in the world right now until otherwise proven. And Anthony Joshua, I still think he's the second top guy, you know, the top dog, uh, second guy in, in, in line uh, at heavyweight. His loss to Andrew Ruiz was re- 
avenged, and he did so in dominant fashion, even though it may not have aesthetically looked as pleasing as some would have thought or would have liked. He ended up dominating Ruiz, who has fallen off the spotlight in a major way since that loss. So Tyson Fury, Anthony Joshua, I'm looking forward to it. Back to Deontay Wilder. A lot's been in the news lately. He's been making a lot of excuses, this this and that being the reason why he lost to Tyson Fury. I say just the better man won, and that's coming from a guy who picked Deontay Wilder in both fights. I picked Deontay Wilder, and I was silenced and put to shame. I was very wrong. Uh, I feel as though Deontay Wilder only won two rounds between the two fights. And those two rounds were the rounds where he got the two knockdowns in the first fight. So he can make all the excuses he wants. And people are saying, oh, Mark Breland shouldn't have said this or whatever he said during a recent interview that came out speaking on Deontay Wilder not having a jab and being pretty much done. Well, Wilder was throwing much salt and dirt into Breland's name. So he got what he got. It is what it is. Um, but, yeah, just a little boxing, this and that, 86 Boxing, baby. You know, we're out here. Be sure to hit up 86boxing.com. Uh, yeah, I got a link back up with the Boxing Haven, Slavin. Slavin from Boxing Haven. You know, we're going to do a thing we just recently did the year 2000 through 2004, looking at a decade in boxing. So we were only able to get through that much uh, because so much went on during that period. But we're going to go back and handle 2005 to 2009. Uh, and and there are a lot of good fights that we're going to cover in that series. Um, but, yeah, I'm an old school boxing type of guy as well as far as trying to study back on the history of the sport, going all the way back to John L. Sullivan. Uh, I read the book Strong Boy, the America's uh, – yeah, I think it's Strong Boy – uh, America's first sports hero, John L. Sullivan. Um, yeah, he had issues and all that stuff, but I wanted to start uh, at least as far back as I could. This is excluding, of course, the real breadth of the bare knuckle stuff that goes down. There are those out there who have more of an inkling and do a lot to study the history going back further and deeper into the bare knuckle area. It's, I guess some things have been documented even back to the 1700s. So they're able to do so to the point of uh, naming particular fighters and documenting some of the fights that they actually had. So boxing is just one of those sorts of great history. Just want to share a few things, you know, boxing this, boxing that, 86 boxing. But yeah, I like going back to the Sullivan's of the world. And that book revealed a lot and it helped me gain a big understanding uh, one of the knocks I have for Sullivan is even though he took on and practically defeated all com- all comers outside of uh, gentleman Jim Corbett, he didn't face black fighters. And there was close, at one point it was close to, as far as him fighting um, George Godfrey, the original George Godfrey, but it didn't happen. Uh, I wish... You know, that could have at least been on there and maybe I wouldn't have an asterisk myself in particular, but to each his or her own. Um, 
gentleman Jim Corbett, as I mentioned, did his thing, came and knocked off Sullivan in 1892, which uh, was in a bit overdue. Sullivan at that point was really on more of a downslide, wasn't really fighting much. Uh, but Corbett, he got the title. Of course, we know Fitzsimmons took it from him. Um, but yeah, I just like going back to that stuff. It's crazy. Some of my favorite fighters go back to those early stages. Of course, I love the Jack Johnsons of the world. Um, Benny Leonard, great fighter. Uh, just thinking about some others. Les Darcy, I have to shout out to a buddy of mine, Brian Duncan, who really put me on. Les Darcy, this was a great middleweight out of Australia, Maitland, Australia, to be exact. And he fought some of the best that America had to offer and just other places in the world. Definitely all of those that um, that Australia had to offer at middleweight with wins over the likes of Jeff Smith, um, who was an excellent middleweight uh, Hall of Famer. And and uh, Les Darcy, you know, has wins over him. Uh, Les Darcy was a beast. And, of course, he died at a young age of 21, so he did all of this by 21. He had racked up a... a crazy amount of fights. I can't remember what it is to be exact, but he was, he was at a very young age just in with the toughest, toughest guys that were available there in Australia, then took those challenges on to uh, America. He was potentially going to fight Harry Grab, which would have been probably one of the uh, better middleweight fights that would have stood the test of time in history. But unfortunately, he died at the young age of 21 before that could happen. So, yes, unfortunate. Um, but his legacy lives on just based on what he was able to do prior to the age of 21. So that goes to show that he's really a gem. Um, but, yeah, boxing this and that. Uh, but, yeah. I like uh, a lot of other fighters from uh, that early era. Too many to name, of course, as you know, the boxing history is super deep. Um, but I do like to look back on a lot of the happenings that were going on around those times. Um, people ask who my top fighters are. Of course, I view Muhammad Ali as the GOAT. I have my reasons for such but I think that every fighter has a claim to being the GOAT um, and really is just a fictional term in a sense. But uh, Muhammad Ali is who I view at the top. And second, I had to go with my guy, uh, Henry Armstrong, Henry Hank. Um, I think his feats will never be accomplished again. I just don't see anyone being able to hold three world titles in three different weight classes at one time. Potentially would have been four, but uh, he was jipped uh, out of that fight. Uh, yeah, but that's another one of my guys. I'll leave it at that. I'll leave it there. I won't dive uh, further into who's on my list, but just think about it. there's a lot of uh, great guys that are top in top class and interchangeable there. Sam Langford, that's another one. Uh, the Boston Bone Crusher, uh, he racked up a ton of fights. Never got to fight for a world title. He was five foot six and a half, maybe five foot seven. Uh, and he was able to carry his weight all the way down from, uh, I want to say lightweight, <laughs> might have been a little bit further back than that, but I want to say lightweight up to heavyweight. You know, he ended up fighting, just think about this, he 
was in the ring with Joe Gens and then some of the top heavyweights that uh, we actually had in history. Um, he was in with the likes of Stanley Ketchell, Sam McVeigh, Joe Jeanette. Uh, yeah, it's just crazy. Uh, so Sam Lank was another good one. Harry Grab, you know, and these are a lot of guys that um, I've been putting on over this last several years, to be honest, honest with you, outside of just knowing their namesake, but really looking into their history, studying and understanding them over the last several years. Um, but yeah, Harry Grab, beast, best resume in boxing history. All you have to do is go look down the list. Uh, I think it's like somewhere around 16 Hall of Famers he's been in the ring with. Um, yeah, he just had close to 300 fights somewhere in that in that neighborhood. Uh, uh, been in with some of the other guys that I like, like the the great uh, Mickey Walker, who, who's who's a great middleweight, welterweight as well. Uh, he's in the ring with the likes of Tiger Flowers, is another great black uh, middleweight. It was actually a guy who lifted the title from Grab, the middleweight title that is. Um, just you name it, Tommy Gibbons, Mike Gibbons. Yeah. So Harry Grab, best resume in boxing, no doubt about it. Uh, but yeah, guys like that, I mean, we can just keep going on. Uh, of course, Sugar Ray Robinson needs another one. Uh, I was loved. Uh, Gene Fulmer, he, he, he was a beast, you know, did his thing. And I'm just skipping a lot of guys, just, just you know, talking a little bit of this and a little bit of that. Uh, but generally, um, yeah, 86 boxing, that's just what we're about. I'm about to uh, continue to kick this thing off. Let's mention um, more podcasts coming up. Um, my favorite fighter now, active, of course, my girl, Tiara Brown. Uh, she's 10 and 0. She's out of Florida. Uh, she was previously in D.C. as well. But uh, yeah, she's a beast, great human being. Be sure to check her out at T-Baby Anointed on uh, Instagram. So, yeah, be sure to check her out. Yeah. But, yeah, so many others out there. Demond Nicholson, Beast, Tommy Sylvan Onan, another, uh, another guy I like uh, out of Finland. It just goes on and on. But I just want to step on here, really trying out the beta of Zencaster. You can check out Zencaster. I'm just trying out their new video beta. So I said, why not just capture this? release this, see what's up, but definitely hit me up, 86boxing.com, 86boxing on Instagram, 86boxing on Facebook, 86boxing on Twitter, just 86boxing on everything for the most part, so if you see it, it's me, officially, you understand, uh, so yeah, have a good day and, and and enjoy, you know, the rest of what you have going on, stay positive, all that good stuff, peace. No great adventure ever started with, so there I was on the couch. Adventures should be fun. Adventures should be rugged. Adventures should take you someplace new. And if you ask me, there's no better place to start your adventure this spring than at your local Honda dealer, where new Hondas are arriving daily. Check out the CRV, HRV, Pilot, Passport, Accord, Civic, and more. So you can stay on the couch if you want to, but I'm going to find adventure in a new Honda. Hurry into your local Honda dealer before they're gone. I'm an actor, not a business leader. But if I were, 
I'd run the biggest pirate enterprise to ever sail the high seas. Ahoy! And then I'd get HubSpot as my CRM platform to connect all my ships across the globe. Because acquiring new customers doesn't come easy. But HubSpot makes it easy for teams to create a more personalized customer experience. And then I'd climb to the top of the crow's nest and shout things like, Batten down the customer reports! But again, I'm not a pirate CEO. I'm a very serious actor. Connect your people, your customers, and your business at HubSpot.com.